It's Wednesday, March 18th. I'm Oscar Ramirez in Los Angeles, and this is The Daily Dive. As whole countries go on lockdown and states and cities here in the U.S. shut down bars and restaurants, we are seeing a generational divide in some cases. And the problem is carefree youth that could slow down the fight against the virus and endanger older people. There were various reports of lockdown parties in France and Belgium, and college students continued some dorm parties. Some feel like the lockdowns are preventing the youth from living, but they are just efforts to mitigate the spread of COVID-19. Stacy Tree, Paris Bureau Chief for the Wall Street Journal, joins us for how the youth are reacting and also how the lockdowns are playing out in France. Next, how are the major tech companies responding to the global pandemic? President Trump jumped the gun in announcing a website that Google is working on to help people get information and schedule tests for COVID-19. The site is now up, but only in limited capacity in the Bay Area. Also, could Amazon play a role by delivering testing kits? Kara Swisher, host of the Pivot and Recode Decode podcasts, join us for more on what big tech can do. It's news without the noise. Let's dive in. Don't get the attitude, well, I'm young, I'm invulnerable. You are, well, in some respects, you're certainly less vulnerable than I am. However, what you might inadvertently do, and I know you don't want to do that, you don't want to put your loved ones at risk, particularly the ones who are elderly and the ones who have compromised conditions. Joining us now is Stacy Mike Tree, Paris Bureau Chief for The Wall Street Journal. Thanks for joining us, Stacey. Hey, it's great to be here. Wanted to talk, uh, continue to talk about coronavirus, COVID nineteen, and the big generational war that's kind of brewing over this. We all know that older people are more susceptible to this and uh, could get more severe symptoms than young people. And what's being played out over the world really is kind of interesting. Uh, you know, for young people, obviously, we know a lot of times you feel in, uh, invincible when you're young. All this. And sometimes they're not heeding the warnings from officials about, um, you know, practicing social distancing and all this. And we're seeing all over the place uh, people still going to bars and restaurants, going to clubs, still partying, kind of refusing to give into this. They don't want to be shut down. Uh, Stacy, tell us a little bit about how this is playing out. Yeah, well, I think the first problem is that young people are really focused on the mortality rates, Right. Um, you know, the number that's been circulating is is, is 2%, um, which, you know, is, is high in my opinion um, compared to the flu. Um, but nevertheless, um, young people look at 2% and they think, okay, I like those odds. Um, and, you know, the, the, the problem is that they don't quite realize that a lot of young people are ending up in hospitals and ICUs. In fact, the um, you know the, the 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 chief of the Paris hospital system only yesterday said that when he walked into the to the um, emergency rooms, he was just completely stunned by how many young people there were. Um, you know, about half of them were under sixty. So um, this isn't a virus that in any way um, discriminates against young people. Uh, it's just that young people aren't the ones who are are dying. Um, so that's the first piece of it. Um, the, the, the second piece is that, you know, when young people make this sort of calculation that they're going to go out there and take their chances, um, there's this feeling that a lot of the measures that are being put in place um, disproportionately penalizes young people, right? Because the thinking is that, you know, it's, it's young people who want to be out and about. It's young people who right. um, want to be dating, partying, socializing. 
And so when you're closing down bars and closing down restaurants and canceling concerts, it's sort of young people who are paying the generational price um, for their elders, right? Um, now, keep in mind, there are a lot of young people out there who are doing responsible stuff, who are saying, who are, who are deciding to, you know, to stay home and to, you know, protect their parents and their grandparents. So this doesn't apply to everybody. Right. Um, you know, but there are people out there, young, young people out on the streets of Paris the other night, you know, uh, it was a, it was a Saturday night when the prime minister announced that he was closing down all the bars and restaurants. Um, and, and he said it in pretty dire terms. Uh, and, and the response from a lot of young people was to pour into all the bars and have a last drink before the stroke of midnight when things shut down. Exactly. We're talking about extreme cases in here. I think for the most part, people are heeding the warnings because people want to get it under control. But yeah, these, you know, so-called lockdown parties, things like that, uh, they become a problem. Uh, young people contract the virus at the same rates as everybody else does. Uh, and a lot of times they are asymptomatic or having mild symptoms and, you know, they can just pass it on very easily to other people. And you were talking about the mortality rates. You know, Italy is one of those worst hit countries right now. They have, for patients uh, from zero to 29, that's a zero percent mortality rate. And people that are over 90, that's like 19 percent. So you're right. I think that might be a, a, a piece that young people are saying is like, well, we're not dying from this. It's no problem. Um, in, in, in France there in Paris, what, uh, what are they doing when they find people that are violating, um, these lockdown orders? The lockdown, the full national lockdown in which they barred people from leaving their homes that only started today at noon, right? Um, over the weekend, they, they closed down the bars and the restaurants and all the gathering points. Right. And so, um, so up until now, there hasn't really been st strict enforcement of any kind, right? And you'll, you'll, you'll find young people out on the streets, in the parks, gathering, drinking. And, and when you talk to them, again, their thinking is, well, I live in the center of Paris. I, I, I don't come into contact with elderly people, so I, I'm not a risk factor. And they're not thinking about the, the, peop the, the other young people they're transmitting it to who are in contact with elderly people, right? Um, you know, since since they did the full scale lockdown, um, the the rule is that if you're caught out on the streets, you're subject to a 100, 135 euro fine. Um, I have, uh, you know, before I was was Paris correspondent here, I was based in Italy and um, I have a lot of contacts still there. And, and, and one Italian student who I talked to in, you know, northwestern Italy in the Piedmont region, um, you know, she she told me that she'd been under lockdown you know, not allowed to come out of her house for, for days, right? And when you're in this situation all by yourself and you have this choice of, okay, I either go home to my parents or I try to stick it out alone. And that decision, by the way, has to be made before the lockdown, right? So it's a tough one. So a lot of these students are suddenly finding themselves all by themselves for, for days on end, right? And, yeah. and keep in mind, this quarantine is going to stretch for weeks. So at some point, you start to break down, right? And, and, and one of the students I talked to told me that she was feeling depressed. And so she decided to sneak out of her apartment. There was a, a, a friend of hers uh, who was studying at the same school, who was having a dinner party, not some raging kegger, but just, you know, a dinner party with wine and whatever. Um, she went over there. They thought they were, you know, keeping a low profile. There was only five people around the dinner table. And, and the cops came and knocked on the door. Apparently, you know, the, the neighbors reported them. 
Uh, the cops came in, marched them downstairs, um, took all their personal information, um, cell phone numbers, uh, and told them that they're opening up a file on them and uh, that they're subject to, uh, in Italy, I think it's a 205-euro fine. And according to the, to the student, they, they were told that they could face jail time. So wow. that's pretty significant. It's pretty scary. And the people at the party were, um, were really, well, they were freaked out. Yeah. I mean, it's very tough in these situations. Humans, most of us, most of us by nature are social creatures and we want to be out with other people. So yeah. yeah, definitely the isolation part of this is very tough to handle. The last question I have, Stacey, is um, just overall, obviously, uh, there is a national lockdown now there in France. But uh, how 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 has it been going, um, you know, with uh, uh, confirmed cases and, and all that? Well, um, the problem in France, and it's a problem that you've had in the U United States as well, is that there simply aren't, they're not testing widely, right? And so um, any of the numbers that you see out there regarding um, the number of infections in France is really a reflection of patients who were in such bad conditions that they needed tests and that they're simply just trying to confirm if it's coronavirus, right? So these are people who are being hospitalized. Mm -hmm. So if you look at, you know, France's numbers this week, I mean, you know, we're, we're between six and 7,000, right? Um, confirmed infections. Uh, you know, the deaths are now uh, 150 or so. Uh, I mean, these are, you know, the numbers are starting to get big and the larger they get, um, the faster it accelerates, right? Because this is exponential growth. It's every like two or three days, it doubles. So, you know, over the weekend for Spain and Italy, I mean, they saw Spain and Italy all by themselves from Saturday to Sunday, they saw 500 deaths. Um, you know, this thing is really catching countries flat-footed. Broader testing is like absolutely vital here. The, the challenge is that as you start to test more broadly, you're going to find more people who are infected, right? right? And when you find more infections, it brings the mortality rate down. So it has the adverse uh, uh, effect of, in some way, persuading people that this thing is less deadly. But I don't think finding finding out that it's more infectious would 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 indicate that there's any sort of lower risk or um, you know that your chances of survival are are any better. So. Yeah, they need to start testing more broadly, but we also need to sort of keep in mind that whatever numbers come out of those new tests shouldn't necessarily reassure us. Stacy, Mike Tree, Paris Bureau Chief for The Wall Street Journal, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. I mean, at some point in the future, Amazon's going to get very heavy into healthcare. And in a situation like this, you could have imagined them being a great place to deliver testing or deliver like lots of things. Um, you know, the problem with the Google site is we're nowhere near the testing levels we need to get to. So they can't make more appointments if there are not enough tests, if there's enough personnel to, to give those tests. Joining us now is Kara Swisher, host of the Pivot and Recode Decode podcasts. Thanks for joining us, Kara. Thanks a lot. We're going to be talking about uh, more on coronavirus. Obviously, it's uh, really all that anybody is talking about right now. There's uh, travel mm -hmm. restrictions. There's social distancing going on. The president just put out new guidelines to help stop the spread. People shouldn't gather in groups of more than 10 and avoid bars and restaurants. That's happening all across the country now. Uh, but we wanted to talk yeah. about 
big tech and, and these tech companies and their involvement in this uh, trying to help out with this. Uh, most notably, uh, Google has just launched a new site through one of their other companies uh, for corona, uh, to help people with coronavirus testing. Uh, I've seen things about how Amazon could also help throughout all of this. So mm -hmm. Karen, tell us a little bit about how tech companies are helping or can be helping during this time right now. Sure. I mean, well, the controversy over Google is because uh, President Trump pre-announced something that didn't exist, really. And Google had been in early talks uh, with helping out. And so what Google did is they moved quickly because they've got lots of people to help them make things um, and created a website in order to allow people to find a place to, to, to go over their symptoms and then find a place to get a test. Um, that's a site that's going to become overwhelmed because it's only for a small part of California, Northern California, and it's not been scaled out to the rest of the country by any means. So don't imagine that that everybody can get access to this. Eventually, right. that would be great. They'd be very good to do that. Yeah, and eventually, it'd it be great if you could you could go on a website and make an appointment and get a test instantly. It just went up on Sunday, and then today, earlier this yeah. morning, they had a you know uh, this uh, message that says, "Hey, we're you know unfortunately we're unable to schedule more appointments at this time." So right. uh, really, uh, just unable to handle the big influx of testing requests because sure. everybody wants to know if they have it so they can, you know, help right. out self quarantine, take care of themselves, all that stuff. Let's just say everyone should assume they have it because it's going to get to most of the population or much of the population. And so I think people should behave as if they have it, uh, whether they feel sick or not and assume that they have been around someone who has it. These things are exponential uh, for people who love tech. That's a big word for tech. It's, and they, and this virus scales the way other things scale. And so it's critically important to remember that. Uh, another uh, interesting thing for tech to do, besides doing these websites and getting people to write, is getting people right information without having misinformation and disinformation out there about this. Um, it's really critical that Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and all the platforms where people traffic and social media um, really do get it right this time and not mess around as they have in politics where they've sort of, uh, you know, uh, dropped the ball several times and to get make sure bad information is completely off these sites immediately yeah. um, and to not allow bad information to be, that's another way they can really help and to get out good information and to get where people could go to know what to do and that various things. I mean, I think a lot of what's great about social media and, and the internet in general is people get information instantly and can react instantly. So that's terrific. And if it's done right, it can be a great thing. You know, that's wonderful. Right. And then lastly, delivery, you know, home delivery and things like that. And the one thing to keep in mind is a lot of the people who work for a lot of these delivery services or Ubers or things like that are gig economy workers and they are, they are unprotected in times they have to work. Um, and so they don't get uh, paid uh, time off. And so it's really important for the tech companies to really lean in and take care of the people who who um, who have been working for them, uh, you know, in some cases, not with enough wages and certainly not enough health care protection. Yeah. And that's going to be an increasing need specifically because of uh, these guidelines and, and state officials saying that bars and mm -hmm. restaurants need to be closed. Uh, they say they can be yeah. open for takeout only or delivery, things like that. So, I mean, I'm, I'm right. certain that a lot of people are going to be staying at home and use these apps a lot more even to get their delivery of yeah. their food and, and other, you know, groceries, different things like that. Absolutely. And it's, it's important to keep in mind, you know, again, besides these issues around cleanliness and washing your hands, everything else is that there are people out there doing work for you that you're, if you're at home or self-quarantine, you know, there's people who are bringing you food and they're putting their lives at risk. And so it's really important that we protect them and everyone else and also to stop the spread. Um, there is going to be some movement, you know, no matter what, in order to get food, in order to, you know, live, you know, an analog life. The right. problem is here is digital doesn't solve everything. Life is analog in the end. And this virus is very analog. 
And so it's important to use digital means to help you guide your way through it, but understand that most of the solutions here have to do with, you know, living, right. living in the real world. And it's important to, to, to think about that and get the best information you can. So we talked a little bit about Google uh, and, and their new site that they're uh, getting implemented. Hopefully they can ramp that up. Obviously, uh, they're pushing verified information from the CDC or the World Health Organization mm -hmm. on their sites and other uh, sites that they own. Um, one of the questions I had was about Amazon because we increasingly, mm -hmm. we've been talking about it, we live in this world where we get all this delivery and all these crazy things right. like that. Um, so what role can Amazon play? Because they're going to be in overtime as well, where, you know, their workers are going to have to be working at fulfillment centers, sure. all that. But what other types of things can this company, one of the hugest companies in the world right now, what can they do to help? Well, we've posited that they could be a great way to get delivery of tests or, or other other stuff we need uh, in, as this crisis progresses and mitigation strategies. I mean, at some point in the future, Amazon's going to get very heavy into healthcare, And in a situation like this, you could have imagined them being a great place to deliver testing or deliver like lots of things. Um, you know, the problem with the Google site is we're nowhere near the testing levels we need to get to. So they can't make more appointments if there are not enough tests, if there's enough personnel to, to give those tests. Um, and so that's that's one area they can be in. Another thing is they own AWS, which is a massive cloud computing platform, really he and heavy uses of AI, both Google, Microsoft, uh, Amazon. You know, we're going to need to use uh, AI and other uh, heavy computing means to understand the patterns of these viruses and to understand where they're going next and to make projections and things like that. So it's really important that tech works hand in hand with uh, government in, in that regard, too. Yeah, and as private companies are stepping up their tests and, and helping out with that front, we're going to get more mm -hmm. results and, you know, we're going to need all this tech to kind of really map that out. So that's going to be really important. Right. And that's kind of what people have been saying. You know, once the testing starts ramping up, we're going to see a huge influx of confirmed cases and then it goes into, into you know, the rest of it. And it's not it. testing. It's not just testing because this vaccine is not going to be here for a little while. And that's right. what happens when we have to make new vaccines. And it could also morph and change and everything else. And so really what we've got to do is figure out mitigation strategies in terms of making more innovative ways to uh, to, to do uh, lots of things. Like there hasn't been a lot of innovation in ventilator ventilators. I mean, they do work a certain way. But, you know, it's really important for tech to really lean in heavily on lots of scanning. You know, they're doing some really interesting things around scanning in China to do it more quickly scanning of, of chests to see who's really serious and who could just be at home and be quietly, quietly get better from this. Um, and so it's really important that that tech really leans into innovation in the healthcare field so that we have better diagnostic tools going forward, because this is going to be a diagnostic game and a, and a mitigation game for a very long time and getting most of the population through, hopefully, which is just a bet, you know, just feeling badly and not getting to the levels of SARS, which is these acute respiratory syndromes, which are so dangerous for anyone who gets them, no matter what age they have. Obviously, if you're older or you have, you know, underlying um, issues, you're going to have a harder time. But anyone, even a young person, that's the last thing I'd say is young people, you think this is all, you know, you don't have to worry about it. If you get this, you're not going to have a great life the rest of your life either. Um, this could be very damaging to your lungs. You have a serious bout with this disease, and therefore it's, it's important for everybody, including as citizens, to help other citizens to make sure that you don't, you're not the one making other people sick. Um, at the same time, not making yourself sick. Kara Swisher, host of the Pivot and Recode Decode podcasts. Thank you very much for joining me. Thanks a lot. That's it for today. Join us on social media at Daily Dive Pod on both Twitter and Instagram. Leave us a comment, give us a rating, 
and tell us the stories that you're interested in. Follow us on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This episode of The Daily Dive is produced by Victor Wright and engineered by Tony Sorrentino. I'm Oscar Ramirez, and this was your Daily Dive.